podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Texts like this make me wish I was preaching somewhere else. Or at least in one of the other places that I've had the great opportunity of worshiping and preaching over the last 20 or so years. Santa Patricia outside Shenandoah in Nicaragua, maybe Marie or Austineau in Haiti, or Parade Gardens down in Kingston, Jamaica. But this is a particularly tough text to preach here, or Philadelphia, or Houston, or any of the other places that I've served in North America. How difficult it will be for most Canadians to enter the kingdom of God. It's hardly a grabber. Hardly good news if we're going to call ourselves the good news place, just to tell people that, hey, do you know what? It's going to be really hard for all of you and me to enter the kingdom of God. So why is it so hard? Well, it goes back to what we've been hearing over the last two weeks from Jesus in Mark chapter 10. The world is going to offer you its own salvation. The world's going to make its own promises to you, its own status, its own rewards. A good marriage, good and quiet and obedient children, and wealth. Aren't those the things that we search after? Peter certainly would have, because Peter was flesh and blood just like you and me. Peter found himself caught in a struggle between two sets of rewards, two sets of values, what the world was offering, and this itinerant Jewish teacher from Galilee, and what he was promising. On the one hand, he wanted what the world promised. He had a marriage. We know this because he had a mother-in-law, and I know of no other way to acquire a mother-in-law than to be married, which might well have meant that Peter expected to have children, or maybe even did. And certainly as a fisherman, he was interested in building up his business. But at the same time, Peter certainly wanted to enter the kingdom of God. Why else would he have left behind his boat and his nets and his family to follow Jesus? He's being torn in two directions. Between, on the one hand, the thing that everybody wants because it's what the world wants to give, but on the other hand, all the promises that Jesus was making to him. The disciples, you see, are still thinking that maybe they could be reconciled because maybe Jesus has just come to bring to them all the things that the world is only giving to certain other people. I think that's possibly what the disciples were thinking when At least two of them, James and John, come to Jesus and say, can we have thrones on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom? Just like the world gives to people with power, right? 
Can't we have a family just like all the other nations? A wife and children. And can't we have our own nation just like all the other nations? With our own laws and our own courts and our own God and our own temple, just like Rome has. Why, Jesus, can't you give us the same thing the world gives to all of these other places? The problem is you can't have both. And it's pretty simple when you think about it why you can't. Once you and I are all loaded up with all of the world's status symbols and rewards, you're really kind of loaded down. Got a lot of stuff that you're carrying around. And if you have all of that baggage, all of the suitcases that you're carrying around with all of the stuff you've accumulated and the moving van with all the stuff in that, and you've got your purse and your, your wallet and your backpack, and then you come to a very, very narrow gate. You can't get through it, can you? Without letting some of that stuff go. Your camels and your treasure chests and your spouse and your children won't fit through the eye of the needle. Now, it's not that Jesus doesn't want to give. Jesus is the great gift giver. Jesus is in the business of wanting to give you stuff. It's just that you got to pick. Do you want what the world has to offer you and the world's status and the world's rewards? Or do you want what Jesus wants to give you? It's, it's kind of like when you get those coupon books in the mail. You know, you get those, those booklet coupons from McDonald's or Wendy's or A&W or whoever else, right? And you can't use all the coupons at the same time as much as we'd love to, because as a kid, you look at those and think, okay, so if I get like the two for one combo meal, and then I get the take $5 off if you spend $20, and then you get the free drink and the free fries. By the time you add it all up, you can get like two great combo meals at McDonald's for like six bucks. But then you show up at the cash or the guichet automatique now, because we don't have actually people taking orders. We just have a screen you've got to interact with. And you try and use all those coupons. What happens? You can only use one. You got to pick. You can get the two-for-one meal or $5 off if you spend $20, but you can't do both. And that's what Jesus is driving at with last week, the rich young man that Jesus loved, who is struggling to figure out how do I enter into the kingdom of God? How do I inherit the kingdom of God? But, but, but I want to hang on to all this baggage. I also want to have all this stuff with me too. Jesus says, you got to pick. And now he does the same thing with the disciples. But then look at what Jesus wants to give. We often are so absorbed in this passage with the stuff that Jesus wants to take away that we forget the tremendous blessing that Jesus wants to bestow on us and the disciples. Truly, I say to you, Peter, and Deborah, and Charles, and Jason, and Alex, and Jack, and all of you who are gathered here this morning, truly, I say to you, there is no one left who has left house 
or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Now, what are all the pros of what Jesus is offering? Land? An inheritance? An estate? Check? Jesus says, yeah, you're, I'm going to offer you that. Family? Brothers and sisters and mothers? Check. But no spouses. Did you notice that? And no father. Did you notice that? Because you see, Jesus is giving himself as your spouse so that his father can be your father. And there's a bonus that comes with the gifts, right? Eternal life. The world can't give that. The world never even tries to give that. Sure, they might be able to give you a medical treatment that extends your life by another 5, 10, 20 years. Maybe we've even heard people could come up with a longevity treatment that gets you to 150 but nobody's talking about eternal life. And then, of course, there is a con with all of this, and that's persecutions. And the persecutions come when someone sees that you have stuff that they don't have. doesn't know how to do, what to, what to do about it, or how to deal with it. And then all these gifts are wrapped up in an enigma. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So what does one do with all of this? The gifts that Jesus is promising to give, the thing that also is a side effect of all those gifts, the persecutions, the bonus, which is eternal life, and all of that in contrast to what the world is giving and the fact that you've got to choose. Well, it all sorts out pretty easily if you realize that on the one hand, you do indeed have the world and its gifts. The world gives early. The world gives often. But the world gives unfairly. Some people get a lot of lands. Some people get the perfect spouse early on in their life and have them right until death do us part in their 90s. Some people never find that spouse. Or if they do, they find them very late in life, and then sometimes that spouse can be taken away from them way too early. Sometimes the world gives great lands and great inheritance and great money, and to others gives nothing. The world gives first, you see. And oftentimes that means we end up last. But Jesus' gifts, which are every bit as weighty, are often harder to see. That's why they seem to come last, but in fact, are the first and the greatest. And it's because our sin still causes us to see things as the world would have us see them. Here's the test for what I mean. I could go up to each and every one of you individually, but we don't have that kind of time. So I'm just going to ask it as a rhetorical question. How many brothers and sisters do you have? How many homes do you own? How much land do you possess? I hope the answer is more than I can count. 
and more worth than I can all add up. Because brothers and sisters in Christ, here's the reality of what Jesus is saying to Peter and saying to the disciples and saying to you, when you choose Jesus over the world, when you choose the font, Jesus gives you a family that is larger than we even realize. Those places I spoke about at the very beginning that I preached over the course of my ministry, Santa Patricia in Nicaragua, Dame Marie or Ansteno in Haiti, Parade Gardens in Kingston, Georgetown in the Cayman Islands, Monrovia, where my wife went for two and a half weeks in Africa, all over the world, you have brothers and sisters and mothers. You have family in every single corner of the planet. There is nowhere you and I can go that we do not have relatives. And those relatives have homes. You're in one right now. And there is also no corner of the earth that you can go to where you do not have a home. We were talking this morning in our parents' class about even non-Christians seeing a church, saying that there's something about this. I, I know that there's someone there for me and coming and praying and eventually finding that that place is their land, their home. As Paul went about journeying as a missionary, as Peter went about journeying as a missionary, they gradually saw unfolding this incredible teaching of Jesus that, yes, they had abandoned their mother and their brothers and their sisters and their fathers and their boats and their nets, and they had turned their back on the world's great offers and said, this is no longer the thing we are going to chase after. But they gradually discovered the truth of what Jesus said. They had family that they never even knew existed in Corinth, in Athens, in Rome, in Philippi, in Thessaloniki. And yes, Thomas found family in India. And Paul found family, we're pretty sure, as far away as Spain. Mark found family in Egypt. Jesus gave them all of that as a gift. But it's not easy changing masters, is it? You and I, every day of our life, feel that tug between these two masters, between accumulating the rewards the world wants to give and trusting that Jesus is going to give us even more. The disciples knew how difficult it was to be torn between those two masters, and it's why they were exceedingly astonished and said to Jesus, then who can be saved? Who can pick rightly? And Jesus looks at them with the absolute best news of all in this reading for today in saying with man, with you and I, of course, it's impossible. We can't choose rightly, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. With God, it's possible that he can take people like you and I that are always scrambling after the world, always looking for the world's rewards and status symbols, and God can take us and turn our faces towards Christ, turn our faces towards the cross 
and the gifts that Jesus gives to us each and every day in our baptism. That's why the writer to the Hebrews says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You can't take what the world gives you into the kingdom. You may as well try and carry all of your earthly possessions through the eye of a needle. You have to drop them all. Or you won't get through. And Jesus comes and takes them all out of our hands one by one, pries them out of our fingers that are holding on to those things and says, let me give you so much more. Brothers and sisters and mothers and lands and in the age to come, the greatest reward of all, eternal life with this Jesus who has promised that while the first may be last, the last will end up first. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.